Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the last Sunday of our Easter tide season as we head right to the Ascension Mass this Wednesday evening. And last Sunday, we were given the word from the Psalms. Sing unto the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. We talked about what that new song is. We reminded ourselves that the new song is the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ Himself. He is the content of the new song of our lives, and we have become the expression of the song. We have become the expression of His life and His light. We've become the voice and the instrumentation of His lyric. This last Wednesday at noon Mass, we received the words from the Holy Gospel in St. Matthew, where Jesus looks at His disciples and He says to them, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. What does salt do for meat? A couple of things. It preserves it from corruption. Salt being added to the meat preserves meat from corruption. And it also seasons it, giving it a better savor, a better flavor. And you are the salt of the earth because you bear Christ within you. You are life bearers. And within your own body is incorruptibility because the resurrection dwells within you. And he also said you are the light of the world in that same gospel passage. A light, a lampshade, it doesn't have a cover over it, dimming the light. It's set up in the midst of a room to give the whole room the light that it needs so everyone can see things clearly, not stumble, not be falling in the darkness. You, Christian, are the light of the world. So how do we live as an expression of the song of God, the person of Jesus Christ? How do we live as salt of the earth? How do we live in this present age as light to the world? We cannot think ourselves to such a thing. We cannot hear all the truths of the church from all the fathers and all the monastics and all of Holy Scripture and all of tradition, we can't think it into being alone. A great Enlightenment philosopher, mathematician, and scientist, Rene Descartes, he coined that phrase that we, I think we all know very well. I think, therefore I am. And what was he saying? He was trying to find ways to express how humankind is separated from all other species in this created world. I think, therefore, I am. I can reason. I can think through things. And I know where he was going. And I know what he was trying to do. But this falls so palefully, so woefully short of the definition of the human person. To think that all that separates us from all of creation is the fact that we can think a bit and reason. It's not putting down thinking and reason and intellect. It's part of who we are. 
But what separates us from everything that God created is that we were created in His image to grow in His likeness. We were created not just to think, but to be like God. That all the virtues of God would be expressed to us, through us, to all of creation for the glory of His holy name. Not just think. So what is the reality for the Christian? We experience the risen Jesus Christ. By that experience, we follow the risen Jesus Christ. Active life, active relationship, active cooperation. We follow the risen Jesus Christ. And as we follow Him, we are becoming less like a fallen creation and more like a true human person. The way that we were created to be in the first place. So again, how then do we express Christ, be the salt of the earth and light of the world? St. James gives us at least a beginning part of the answer to that question from our epistle today. In St. James chapter 1, he teaches this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And notice St. James says this. He says that people who are hearers only, when we are all hearers only, we are deceiving ourselves. And the deception is thinking the enlightenment definition of salvation that we can be saved through thought, through enlightenment in the intellect alone. That's not what St. James is saying. Rather, our salvation comes by living out a grace-filled life. The power of God that God has shared with every living stone. Living it out in this life. The life-giving commands of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by doing so, being transformed. Being transformed in those acts by God through grace, by His Holy Spirit. What do we say all the time here? We remind ourselves. We don't become what we think. We become that which we do. We become that which we do. I wonder sometimes. And look at your life list. Because I've looked at mine this week over the same question. I wonder sometimes if we realize how powerful habits are in the human existence. Think about that. How powerful habits are in the human existence. All habits are formed by repetitious behaviors and actions. That's what forms a habit. You can't form it without actions. So habits are formed by repetitious behaviors and actions, but then the other side is true too. Our behaviors and our actions get locked in by habits. You understand? They form habits and then they continue because we're locked into that habitual behavior. And let's be fair. Habits in reality. Habits can work for our salvation. And the salvation of this world. 
Our habits can be very destructive to us. They can be distracting to us. And God forbid our habits can be destructive to others around us. It's the truth. It's the truth. Many years ago, there was a study done that was published in the European Journal of Social Psychology. Where they did a formal study of 96 individuals. 96 people. And they found, dealing with habits... And they found that it took on average 66 days to undo a habit and create a new one. And each of the different people had different ideals of habits they wanted to go from and to become and to have into their lives. And they were simple things. For some of these 96 people, I want to exercise 30 minutes a day. And I don't do it now. Some of them, it was a change of diet. I'm going to have fruit with every meal that I eat. And they said it took them an average of 66 days for those old habits to fall away and new ones to form. But the study also said that the actual, the actual number of days of these 96 ranged from 18 days to 254 days. Meaning that some habits can be overcome very quickly by repetition. Some habits can take a lot longer of repetition to overcome because we've dug a deeper run of a habit into our lives. But regardless of the time that it took to create the new habit, there was one consistency among all 96 of these people. And it was this. They did something different. They took Action into their lives that created the breaking of an old habit and the establishing of a new and a more healthy one for them physically. Now I talk to you about, and I say little things, not unimportant things. Our health is very important. Take care of what God has given us. But this study talked about just some of these physical changes. How much more important is our salvation by the transformation of our souls and the renewing of our mind and the becoming like God. Which is why the wisdom of God comes through St. James. Don't just be hearers of the word. And as these people did these repetitions, over that time, at some point, they weren't just repetitions anymore, they became what they naturally did. That's what we're after. That's what we're after. St. James says this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. What is the, what is the true image of the Christian person? <clears throat> is it your own face? It is the radiant glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the face that St. James is saying when the Christian looks in the mirror, he sees his true self. For Christ is the first among all of us. He took our flesh and joined it to his divinity to perfect it and ascend it into heaven, establishing a way for this to happen in our own lives. We look in the mirror, we see Christ. We see his virtue. That's the revelation that comes to us. The hearing, if you will. But St. James is saying, if we see that revelation, receive it, hear it into ourselves. 
but we walk away and don't become it, what we've done is we've simply forgotten who we are. We've walked away and forgotten our true self. St. Andreas, 7th century monastic, he speaks to this. Listen to what he teaches. He says that being a doer of the Word of God is one of the greatest acts of true remembrance. For when we do what He has taught and what He has shown us through His life by the grace of God, we keep the one who is our true self ever before us. So if St. James, if we follow the teaching of St. James, we receive the revelation of God. You hear the teaching here. You read teaching of the church fathers, the monastics, and all things that have been shared throughout the history of the church. You receive God into yourself in these ways. But then we walk away and we begin to do what we saw. That's what being a disciple is, an imitator of God, someone who follows actively the Lord Jesus Christ leading. We do what we see he did and what he's now doing. And as we engage those acts, we become. I don't want you to raise your hands. I ask just a question. Let's take an example of the Christian experience that is to be, quite frankly, a hub of Christian experience. Prayer. How many of us pray on a daily basis? How many of us pray the hours of prayer? How many of us pray even once a day through any of those hours? Is your prayer life deficient? Well, we hear from the church that prayer is communion with God. And in that prayer, we are transformed by the fellowship that we have with him. So we hear that we are to pray. That's the mirror. It's the calling. It's the invitation of our Lord. So if your prayer life is suffering, what's the answer? Be a doer. Start praying. It's not magic. The wonder of it all is that as we start doing something as simple as prayer, God shows up in His mercy and His presence and fellowships with us. And as we keep going into this prayer life, all of a sudden prayer becomes an integral part of our human person. We can't go a day without it. Be a doer of the word. Do we struggle in our lives to love as God has loved us? Do we have ourselves as the self-focus primarily of our lives? The greatest image before us is the God who doesn't have love but is love. And so what do we do? We go to seek how may I serve those around me? How may I be loved just one time this day to someone around me? What happens as we do the word? God shows up in that moment and he graces us and we become love. And after a while, we're not thinking, oh, I need to find one person to serve and love today. It's an extension of Christ for us. You see this. Christianity is real. It's where the rubber really meets the road. But it's very real with the living Lord Jesus Christ to grant us that very experience and that transformation by grace. If we desire salvation, and remember the definition of that, to be made whole, to be the human person God created in the garden, to be made whole. If we desire salvation, be a doer of the word. 
not a hearer only. If we desire all the benefits of the kingdom of God, the joy, the peace that he so longs to share and bestow upon us, then cooperate with him. Don't just look, don't just listen, but live and become and watch what God does in and through your lives. If we will be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, we will become expressors of the resurrected Jesus Christ. We will actively be the salt of the earth and light to a world that so desperately needs it. In the name of the Father and of the Son.